This is the Strength Beyond Fitness Podcast. A Build Body Fitness production brought to you by Coach Louise and Coach Renee, where we talk about simple principles to train your mind, transform your body, and maybe even change your life. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Strength Beyond Fitness Podcast. We are so excited to have our guest today, John Noel. John Noel, I'll be honest, the first time I saw you, it was just scrolling mindlessly through my reels. And, you know, you're used to a certain aesthetic. You're used to a certain message when you see most fitness influencers. And yours was a breath of fresh air because it was debunking some sort of nonsense, snatch your waist, build your booty. And it was so freaking refreshing. And those who don't know you, they really should just go on and look at your Instagram page now because we need more people like you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And it's honestly funny, one being referred to as, I don't even know if you referred to me as, but the word influencer, never considered myself one, <laughs> still don't. Uh, and the last time I was, I believe, on a podcast, the same description was, I was introduced the same way, but it was about a video where I was just in my garage in a speedo or something like that. So <laughs> what I do in my content and what I put out there is very much uh, actually me. You know, what I mean, and just like my thoughts and what, what I feel and think. Um, so that's what you'll get here too. Just, just well, raw, that, what, wherever this goes. That's one thing I've gotten out of your page. Like it's literally your personality. You are, there's nothing fake about it. Like this is who you are. This is how you, that's how you communicate. Like, I'd never seen like multiple different personas uh, on your post. And that that's something common. You might see someone put a persona in one post, another persona, another, and, like yours just like, this is who I am, man. Like I'm, you know, this is how I'm working out. This I'm doing the alpha workout in the lawn show. Like it was just so cool. And I think, um, honestly, I think it was actually a TikTok when we first were like, oh, let's get into TikTok. And we came across you. Then we deleted t- TikTok. And uh, cause we're just like, man, we're wasting too much time on TikTok. And we're just, we weren't really understanding it, how to like pro- like use it for our social media. And then we came off of it. And then it had been a few months. And I was like, man, I haven't seen, and I didn't really know your name by that time, just because I was like, I don't know, I've seen the guy, you know, the one he's like, he's always posting the truth and all that. And then you're like, oh yeah, John, o, I follow him on Facebook. And I was like, oh, he has a, fa- oh, not Instagram. Facebook, uh, Instagram. I was like, oh, he has an Instagram. And then immediately like I went and I just started following you and um, uh, just, Dude, thank you so much for being on our show today. Uh, it truly means a lot because you have, you know, congratulations. I know you're having a baby coming up soon. You've shared about that. You're very busy. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you're busy in your in your career. And um, we, we have this time change. You know, you're in Florida, we're in Arizona, and just being able to coordinate it, thank you so much. Absolutely. And I think that speaks to the audience that we both talk to and how you have to uh, find ways to make it work, right? Because stuff's going to come up, life's going to throw its challenges at you, and it's never going to go 100% according to plan. But if you've got things you're working towards or goals that you have, there's always a way. There's always something that you can do that doesn't have to be super drastic or extreme, but you, you make it work, right? So that's what we do. And going back to like the fitness influencer, I think that's really hard because there's some, I believe, genuine fitness influencers. It might feel weird to say this. Someone like Lane Norton has a huge influence over the fitness industry, but he's not, you know, switching his message back and forth between I love these microgreens and also everything process is bad for you. You see someone like him who has a huge influence compared to, and I'm not going to name names. I'll 
be nice <laughs> where, you know, their opinion may sway depending <laughs> on their sponsorship. And the fact right. that you're able to be authentically you is huge. Um, in preparing for this podcast, of course, I had to creep and go far, far back on your Instagram, but your, your background is you were a physique competitor, correct? I was, yeah. I would say my, my introduction to the fitness space was from choosing to be a, a bodybuilder to get on stage and, and to compete, which I don't do anymore. And I probably don't think that I will in the future. So now at this point, that's not my place in the fitness industry at all anymore. It's not the type of content I create or the people that I really speak to because it's not the people that I work with. Like at this point, a coach that works with more new moms than people who have ever thought or even know what bodybuilding is, right? So my message has shifted. My message has changed. But yeah, that's how I got my start, which I think was to my advantage, to be quite honest with you. I think that there is a certain level of you need to learn how to do really hard things and challenge yourself if you have any type of fitness or health related goal, because it's truly not easy to do anything of, of value or, um, you know, to accomplish anything meaningful. But now, like I said, because I've gone from that extreme to where I'm at now, the messaging and the approach and the mindset is much more, you know, realistic and sustainable. How do you make this something that you're going to do forever? Not just, for three, four months, whatever. So you can look your absolute best for three minutes on, on, on a stage with bright lights in your face. Right. I think it says a lot about a coach too, if they're willing to stay open to change, because in our industry, there's always new information coming out. Uh, how many people were shocked by the fact that rice is technically now outdated when it comes to ice and compression and elevation. And the fact that you're open to that. I, I wish more people were shocked. I don't think people even know that yet. Yeah. That's still probably Secret a little out. bit. Some people said, yeah, now, you know, yeah. now, you know, we're dropping truths. There was one quote that you shared from, I think one of your coaches at that point was I'm not minimizing your accomplishments by highlighting my own. And I feel like that's something you still kind of emulate today of you, you share your accomplishments, you share your body's physique, but you also share this beautiful message of like, you know, you can do this too. Let's find your strength as well. How'd you find that balance? So I think I actually learned how to mold that really well once I went through a course called the Health uh, Mindset Coaching Certification, where a lot of that is stems from shifting from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, where the root of that basically stems from you have to believe that you are capable of change and of doing something or else you never will, right? So there is a certain level of and there's a fine line there between you know, believing that you can do something and then what some people would view as being overproud or egotistical or you know showy or something like that. And that line can be very great when it comes to social media and putting yourself out there because literally anybody can see it, right? People who don't know you, people who don't follow you, that's the first impression that they get. It could be like, who does this person think that they are, right? But when we narrow it down to, again, my main focus is my the clients, the people that I work with, and a lot of the struggles that come from diet culture, social media, you know, upbringing, even from people's parents is truly that like, they don't believe that they're worth doing something that they are able to do something that it's ever going to happen that they're not, they're just not that person. And when you have that mindset, when those are the words that are living in your head, rent free, 
you never will be right. Like you will not change. And so part of you know, my, my main message is like, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, be who you want to be because you can, because you're worth living a life that way, as opposed to kind of like always holding yourself back. Um, and so, yeah, when it, we're talking people losing weight, we're talking people transformation, transforming their body, body recomposition or what have you. It can be looked at as if you are just like showboating or like always talking about the things that you've done that doesn't negate somebody else's progress or success to be proud of yourself. So yeah, that's a huge message that I think is rooted in that fixed mindset belief of like, this is who I am and I cannot change from that versus the world is your oyster type of thing, right? You can do, be whatever you want and be, and be proud of it too. It's really sad to see how many people truly hold themselves back from their true potential because they don't think they deserve it. They, for some reason, feel like they don't deserve to be happy. They're not worthy of it. And then they unintentionally self-sabotage in like the littlest of ways. Yep. And the, there's the, one of the best metaphors for people that listen to this podcast will probably appreciate is like in the gym, right? Where you, everybody knows and has been there where if you go into a heavy set or top set or if you're going for, or if you go in there thinking, I'm not going to hit this, I'm not going to lift this weight or get this off the floor you're not, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to have that belief first and it applies the same way in life. Like thinking that you can't almost ensures that you won't and vice versa. You know, there's a, the placebo effect works really well there and it's just life. And in the gym, there's always the way that they coincide. And that's one of them for sure. Yeah. I was going to say like, we can psych ourselves out of like a lot of amazing opportunities. And I, I don't, I think that's something that naturally we like i see that it's acquired because of the influence around around them it's the comparison like i've never been at the level this person like i just don't know if i'm gonna get there or i don't think i've done something this hard before in my life like what like what what is gonna change that i'm gonna be able to accomplish this hard thing in my life and one thing i love like that you went from bodybuilding to now seeing people at like their level like where they're coming in and this is something like i've not seen every bodybuilder falls in this category but most bodybuilders get so stoked about their experience about everything that now they want to coach everybody to that level and they don't meet people at where they're at but they meet them at where they the bodybuilders at because as soon as as soon as one becomes a coach because of their, you know, they get on stage. Now they're coaching. They're taking like, it's very rare. Do I see the that compassion of, hey, you got these struggles going in your life. You've you 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 know, you're you're a mom with with you know two kids. You're or your father that like was active at one point in your life, and then you know now you you things change because life sped up. And let's get you not to think about who you were back then, but let's get you to think about who you can become now. And I, I see so much value in that. Where where was it to the point in your life during your bodybuilding? And you're like, I'm going to take a pivot and I'm going to change courses and I'm going to even go into that certification that you said to become who you are now. I honestly think it was more of a selfish choice, to be honest with you, because I feel like that if I was doing that now and if I had just stayed that course, I was still competing and I was coaching competitors right like that was my clientele those are the people that i was working with 
there is enjoyment in being able to say like look at the hand that i had in somebody looking like this and now they look like this right there's nothing like being able to see somebody go through the process of not seeing their own value to knowing that they can do and be whatever they want right and like i said part of that decision was is is selfish and i have always had a mix of clients but i really saw the difference when you know, okay, we lost 20 pounds. Great. Uh, that That's incredible. I'm really happy for you. But now look at the example you're setting for your kids. Now look how much longer you're probably going to live. Now look at the things that you're doing in your job, in your career, in your, you know, social life or in your, in your relationships because of the fact that you have this confidence now. You, you can't get that from a physical transformation alone. And what I have found too is that that process and that work tends to be what actually gets people through the physical transformation anyway right or at least one that sticks and lasts is more sustainable the bodybuilding preps the rapid weight loss the big you know before and after pictures we tend to see always but those usually are temporary they're things that are like okay well what about three months down the road what about next year um and so it's almost more of a reward to me to have somebody walk away from our experience and know they're going to be better off five years down the road because of what we, the work we did together versus I have no clue what they're going to do in their life, their health or fitness, but they lost 15 pounds and they were working with me, right? Like it's kind of selfish, but I found more value in it on my end. And so that's just where I pivoted. I went and I'm going to almost have to go one or the other in that, that way. Like, I don't think you can really be a physique competitor or, or coach of physique competitors and lifestyle. I mean, there's people that do it. Don't get me wrong, but I, this is the path that I much prefer myself. So that's why I ended up here. Yeah. We jokingly call it sustainably sexy because it's something you can actually hold on to. And I don't have to right. worry of if I put them on this gnarly detox, okay, you're going to lose 15 pounds. Well, that's great. What are you going to do after? What did you learn? What did you learn? Uh, Other than if I yeah. starve myself and if I have you know, explosive diarrhea for five days, I'll lose five pounds. Like, that's great. You didn't actually learn how to take care of your body. And that's what at least frustrates me like no other when I see these ridiculous claims online of do this quick fix and you're going to have this result. You're, you might not keep it, but you're going to have it. What are, I'm going to say three, because I know you're probably like me. Um, what are the top three fitness claims that you're like, you we're done with you. We need to be done with you. So the first one is easily that like these, this workout or these workouts will shrink your waist, snatch your waist type of thing. Like that's the thing right now that is blowing up. It's, it's insane. Um, in any way, shape or form, usually it's the waist, but it's always a one thing that you do will change everything. And most things fall under that category. So that might, might be able to cover all of it. Um, but that's one that really grinds my gears the and this this i don't know if i actually hesitate to even talk about this the cycle sinking aspect of like every menstruating woman in the world should be on this exact same this week you do this this week you do this this week you do that and if you don't the world's going to tip on its axis your cortisol is going to be so elevated and you're going to start storing fat out of nowhere like i cannot stand that because it's manipulative right um and similar along those lines, all of these tend to target women. But uh, because I work with so many postpartum, pregnant and postpartum women now, that's one of the big ones too. It's like that 
get rid of your mom pooch, flatten your stubborn mom belly or whatever the, even the terms that they use that they to kind of pull at somebody's trigger points or their pain points to say, I've got something that if you just give me that money, the program, it will help you get rid of your pain point and it won't. So they're only going to be frustrated. And then I don't want to say broke, but they're going to be out of some money because of it yeah. too. So thank you for acknowledging how predatory it can be towards women, especially postpartum moms. Cause that is a vulnerable as hell group, not to mention there is the change in hormones. And then you have people that don't actually understand hormones trying to say, you know, this is how I can fix it. And it's like, these are, these are women who are already having a hard time. And then you're giving them very terrible information. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know this, but like actually Renee took her own title as the MILF as mamas into fitness, into fitness. Oh, you, Mama's you into, lifting, it, into and lifting and fitness. That is my title. So I'm very oh, protective. I, I did see that. Yes. <laughs> I'm very protective oh, I'm, I'm of sure. the moms. Yeah. I mean, having I'm I'm it, one myself, but it's I've seen way too many women unfairly compare themselves to a Gymshark athlete and then beat themselves up and then jump into kind of this ugly cycle of I need to be like them. I'm not like them. Therefore, I hate myself. I suck. I can't do this. And it's so sad to see this. Someone who just did a freaking, you made a whole human. You you grew and delivered a human. And now you got to feed it through your body's energy. And someone out here is telling you like, hey, don't consume this much. And hey, you're not hustling hard enough. Yeah. Hey, you need to take this supplement. Yeah, you should have bounced back quicker. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's horrible. And the thing that really gets me now too, because I mean, I'm not, I obviously don't have that experience that you have. Um, and I don't work solely with, and I don't speak to on, you know, my social media platform solely just like postpartum women. I don't want that to be like my thing because the flip side of that is that demographic being preyed on is used to take advantage of the masses, just general population people, still mostly women, but even those that have never had a child, never pregnant, aren't moms, they are also seeing those videos, that content, because it's going viral and seeing the same message. Oh, it's that specific core workout. Oh, I've been doing crunches and that's why my waist isn't matched. It's like, no, they are preying on all of you to trick you, pull the wool over your eyes and get you to buy into a program that, like you said, it probably, I will, I always put a caveat in there that all exercise is good. Movement is great. I'm glad when people get moving more and start working out, but the false promises and leading them to think like, if I do this, this is going to happen. And then it doesn't, there's that cycle of, well, it's, it's, it must be me. I failed. I did something wrong. It's like, no, you were given a blueprint that wasn't suited for you, which is why, you know, it's tough in the position that I am because I'm a one-on-one -on -one coach. All of the work that I do is me and you. It's not, this is the program for everybody, but that's what's being sold to everybody. And I don't think everybody realizes that. They think that it's like an individual, oh, I'm that person that should be me. Like, no, that's a templated cookie cutter. Everybody's getting that plan. You really think that that's going to get you the exact same results as somebody else or the person doing it, who's probably not even doing the plan themselves or doing other things to make them look that way. People need to be more aware of this. And that's why I continue to post this. It might be repetitive, but every time there's somebody who's like, you know what? I saw a video just like that last week and I almost bought into it. But then I remembered what you said and I didn't. And that's worth it to me. I love the way that you share it, though, on your social media. I mean, it, we like we were talking right before everything started. It's like we share a lot of the same values and the same the same beliefs, and that's why we're sitting together and having this conversation. And 
like I I struggle sharing the actual true message on social media because if we if we were titled this podcast, you know, like shrink your shrink shrink your waist in 15 days and uh whatever, like this would get so many listens from people that don't even follow us. You know, people like, would click it and yeah. then listen and be like, wait, yeah. I have to work. Yeah. If we like just gave it this fancy yeah. title. But if we said, you know, uh, sustainable ways of long-term health and fitness, you know, no one's going to like flop to watch it and, and you know, engage with it or, or listen to it and all that. And, you know, that's where I struggle within my social media, sometimes being so consistent of sharing the truth, because sometimes I'm like, man, like no one's like, no one cares about it. No one interacts. And it's what frustrates me about the fitness industry sometimes. And it's really why we do this podcast, because I'm like, where, the people who care will listen and hopefully we change and impact their lives. I will throw out there. I think if you are giving the same repetitive message consistently, people will catch on. Like one of my coworkers, because I also teach cycle at a local cycle studio, had told me that she heard my name and instinctively started doing her mobility because she hears me talk nonstop that, hey, cycle, your hips suck. You need <laughs> to take time for mobility. And it clicked in her head. And that's been after knowing me for a year of, you know, we do need to keep sharing these messages of, although yes, they don't get as much engagement and it would be easier for me to start using the words like tone and define that that would be selling out. And that's the very thing that we're fighting against is how can we collectively keep pushing this? And there are more people. I don't know. Influencer does feel like a funny word. I don't know what else to say. More pages, more educators. (laughs) Does that work? There's more coaches that are educating. It's just, and they, I think uh, it helps having more and more people hear the same yeah, thing of yeah. overall, pretty much what I'm saying, man, it's like, I love how you've carried your social media because like you've been able to deliver that message and I see all the comments and people love it and you have really great engagement. And I know I'm sure there's those that like sass you, but um, you know, you have, there's Jason, Laura pack who also believe very similar. You have Ben Carpenter who posts videos of debunking things and they've done such a phenomenal job. Uh, just staying consistent with it. All I'm kind of was saying is like, man, I love how you do it. I've struggled at it. So it's so cool. Like that you do this and I, and I continue to do it and it makes such a huge difference in, in putting a picture of like how we should approach health and fitness. Because when we, let's say I want to go swimming, I don't say like, all right, man, I need to start swimming. Like, you know, the Olympics and I need to make sure I go down and do laps here in this amount of time. And I don't think of, such a high level of performance swimming. I go swimming, I enjoy the hell out of it. You know, I, why can't people do that with health and fitness? Yeah, that's the one, that's the downfall of social media. I will say is because everything gets so romanticized that it, it promotes and encourages that all or nothing thinking, right? Where it's, why would I swim if I'm not going to be Michael Phelps, right? Why would I, you know, choose something that I'm going to fail at, which again, it goes back to that fixed mindset. And it's because, Instagram, TikTok, the way that these algorithms algorithms are built is like, if you don't get that traction with the clickbait, with the misleading terms or whatever, nobody sees it. You know what I mean? Like they, they only see the things that become popular and polarizing messages only ever are. Um, I'll say, you know, I, even I struggle with that, um, seeing how different it truly is. Like if I post I'll, and I'll know it's going to happen too. If I post a video that I'm like, this is going to get a lot of eyes on it. People are going to see it. They're going to share it because it's calling out something that's very flashy in your face. And so they're going to see that and they're going to watch. But if I just straight up get on and talk and say, this is one of the best strategies for how to control your diet, 
two seconds in scroll I, you can see on instagram now when your watch time like trails off and it's Whoa. immediate you know what i mean and it's discouraging on our end too to know that oh people don't care oh it doesn't matter but what i have found is that like kind of like how you mentioned with people on your podcast the people that it's actually going to help and that are actually going to be impacted by it they will listen even if it's one right so that's been one of my main goals is to continue to also incorporate those things that aren't just like calling out, Hey, this is bullshit. Don't listen to this. It's also, Hey, here's a good strategy for your training or, Hey, here's a good approach for your mindset, or this is a good nutritional concept to become aware of. And if 5% of the people that normally see my videos or will not see that, so be it, because there's always going to be one that's like, that was very helpful. You've changed this and impacted this for me. And again, I, I repeat the same types of messages. And I think that's why people come back to my page too. I always throw in that, like, you deserve this. You deserve this. Because people hear that enough, they start to believe it, right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun battle being a, I think the, the good term might be content creator, I guess. Um, that, yeah, that's a good But one. yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. I'm just going to call you a pioneer in the fitness industry for social media. That's cause, so nice. Because <laughs> I think you're paving a... Yeah, I, think pioneer, you're, I, I don't know if I can... I don't no, know if I can take that. That's, I know, a, that's high praise. You're pay, you're paving a great way for people to uh to recognize that there's a ton of BS out there. I mean, one of the biggest things like we talk about is like, well, what was the BS that people were seeing, you know, back in the early thousands? Well, early thousands was just all the magazines that were on the and they they're kind of still are, but they were they weren't they're not as relevant now, but the magazines are at checkout lines. You know, uh, you'll see an actress or a celebrity how they shrunk their waist or the the two-day coffee diet or something, yeah. the military Lose 10 diet. 10 pounds in 30 seconds. Yeah, you know, and it was, that was the things like- We joke about we were... it all the time with our moms of the grapefruit diet, the potatoes are of the devil, like seen the, it all. the crystal light that was always in the cabinet. Like people, it's just crazy how you have to unlearn some of these habits and especially the like generational, I don't want to say trauma, but the generational- triggers oh, caused by food of like he's hispanic so he was taught like clean your plate but you don't gain weight of you know right you're not leaving this until you into, you're not leaving this room or this table until you eat all that rice oh, right. I've been but, there too. but then if i see a family member if i if i see a family member that i hadn't seen maybe like in a month and i gain weight they're gonna, that's the first thing they're gonna say to me instead of saying hi Luis, yeah, well, they'll call like, you out yep yeah they, that's so oh wow you know and it's like well i have to eat all my food you know <laughs> or it's the opposite too you have the you have like the ones like oh wow you're not eating enough you know you're so little or scrawny or whatever like mm -hmm. it's just there's such an influence in culture and you know taking time to acknowledge someone's background and why they have the relationship they do with food why they have the relationship they do with fitness it really makes a difference when you're coming from a place of educating and understanding the behavior rather than shame. And I think that's where the difference really lies with our type of coaching versus the influencers we get frustrated with is sometimes it's easy to come from a place of fear mongering and a place of shame of if I just shame this person into not eating this food, they're never going to eat again. This food right here has sugar in it. All sugar is bad. Therefore, if you eat it, you're bad. Like, dear goodness. Now that when that person does eat it, they're going to feel terrible or even worse if they use that language with their kids. And I remember there was one day I picked up my son from daycare and they had taught him how to find a calorie on there. I was like, okay, how do we, how do we go about this? 
And so I explained to him, you know, calories is just a unit of energy. There's some foods that give us more nutrients and there's some foods that are just fun. And so what could have turned into him now calorie counting all the foods, which he was doing at five. Yeah, it was really funny. We now changed it to, okay, well, what's in the food? Fiber helps your belly feel good. You have folic acid that helps your brain five feel years good. old. Isn't that nuts? At five. That's probably the, that's the, I think it's the earliest I've ever heard. That's kind of crazy. It, it sounds like a joke. It really does. But if he was not just grabbing random boxes and telling me how many calories were in and it. And looking at the calories. And wow. looking at the calories. He learned that at the daycare, which maybe they had good intentions. But I was like, shoot, if that's starting this young, how do I guide him in the way that I wish I would have been guided? And I know you stepping into parenthood, your wheels are probably turning of like, how can I turn maybe what was generational trauma into generational healing? How has parenthood kind of changed your view of training? So I I think I've, I've gone through that shift well before I even found out that I was going to be a dad because of a lot of my clients have, you know, you know newborns toddlers and so i have seen from their experience and what they've shared with me how impactful it can really be when like those eyes are on you and they mimic not only your actions but the reasonings for them like the whys behind them and you can tell by the things that they say with like look how strong mommy is or like look what you can do or pick up as opposed to like look at the way that you look or, or whatnot right so the thing to me, I mean, obviously it's an amazing, I think it's going to be the most amazing thing. The most amazing, a part of it is going to be see a human mind, like experiencing everything for the first time and just like growing literally every second because of everything that they're there. But like to realize that that perception, it's not just the actions or what you're doing. It's the whys behind it that that's sinking in there too. And so you almost have to, be intentional with your choices, your words, and, you know, why you're working out, why are you going to the gym? And I think, you know, having a garage gym is going to help in that way that it can be like, Hey, this is a priority in my life because I enjoy it because I makes me feel that I'm dancing and singing sometimes in a speedo in my garage. Like my, like my baby girl will see that and be like, he loves doing that. Not look at what he looks like because he does that. Mm -hmm. So that's something that, I will make sure that I continue to, you know, think and express because that will be what's perceived. We have some early, early videos because we, we also have a garage gym. It's transformed a lot of early videos of him working out in there with her in the baby swing. Also me, you know, post pressing Carter. I think you're bent. Yeah. yeah you're was- pressing my, he was then five years old yeah. and then me recovering from my second C-section, like, doing some stuff on the floor and then her. So doing tummy time and just having this place of we're doing this because we love our bodies and we're so grateful for our health. And if I'm coming from a place of like, I hate my body, I hate how I look. The idea that my kids would say that about themselves breaks my heart. So why would I say that about me? If I took my internal script of like, I'm working out as a punishment, I would hate my kids to have that. Like, I think we don't realize how much they absorb. And there's even been stuff that I had to unlearn that my parents definitely did not mean in any malicious way. But I was like, shoot, that really, like, I don't want my kids to have that. 
And them seeing that, you know, mom or dad are strong, not skinny, they're strong is really cool. And even like my son will say like, I'm so strong. Look how strong I am. He'll eat his protein and be like, I'm so strong. And it's cool to see him get excited <laughs> over his, you know, his body growing and changing. And like, obviously we still have and getting bigger. I mean, that's a big thing too. Just that, that word, right? Big, big. When you can equate that to good in any way from a young age, I think that would solve a lot of people's future problems. I don't know if that's talked about all that much, but that's you just saying that, that as they're growing and getting bigger, praising that as a good thing. That's something I'll certainly think about in the, in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, no, like uh, to to not like to make a big pivot, but to actually more going towards that direction. I think we see that we get carried away with with a lot of things in life. So uh, work whether there's personal problems, family problems, uh, media, all these different things. Like how, how is it like that we as coaches in the industry can continue to value that? Like, Hey, I know things were busy and not saying like you're lazy for not working out. It's like, Hey, how can you prioritize this? What's one thing that you are, are doing in your coaching to, to show and, and, and praise that like opportunity of prioritize it, no matter how busy it is, like prioritize it. Yeah, I, I think one of the main themes or concepts that I find myself talking about a lot is this idea of good enough, right? Like what we're really looking for is doing enough of something to elicit a, an, an adaptation or a result because of it, right? And that bar is typically way too high for most people, whether it be amount of time to work out, how many exercises they do when they work out, the weight that they lift when they work out, how, you know, I have to track every single calorie, single macro that I consume or else like not good enough. And it's really like when you boil it down to the choices, actions, behaviors that put you into that range where it's like you might still see really great progress or at the very least you're not regressing, which is progress in and of itself for many people because their past experience has been they struggle, they struggle, they struggle, and boom, they give up and they quit. So they actually take steps back. When if you actually realized and believed that staying where you are is a major win, you'd realize that like, okay, I don't have to hold myself to that standard. That is why I keep failing and why I keep starting over. So it's like thinking about how do you modify the approaches so that you can be okay with and actually be happy about good enough and not perfect. And again, it could be anything, how many times you're working out, just tracking protein as opposed to trying to track all of your calories and macros, just even making sure you're getting in three whole meals a day, as opposed to taking one bite of your kid's food in the morning, then not eating until 10 PM at night, right? Like those little things can get you into that range. And that's really what we care about is that, that middle, that middle area, that good enough. I love that you mentioned the aspect of staying the same because you know, whenever I've run someone through a reverse diet and you get them to a point of where they, you know, the calories they should be intaking compared They're to high. the the silly amount that us, a lot of us have been told our whole lives to eat, they kind of get discouraged of, I'm not losing weight. I'm not losing weight. You're eating basically twice the amount. You're not gaining weight. You now have energy. You're sleeping better. Your workouts are better. Like, oh my gosh, this is huge. You literally just proved to yourself, like you don't have to starve. Like you're thriving right now. Yes, we can put you into a deficit, 
but I think it's huge as coaches that we can also remind them too. this tunnel vision. Like there's so much more that you need to see outside of it. And people underestimate like consistency is one of the hardest things you'll do to get into it. But once you have it, it's huge. Once you have your non-negotiables, it's so, huge. And it, yeah, it can change your life to have that system and those, those boxes that you check off regularly. And again, to believe that they are what you should be doing and not use somebody else's progress or somebody else's weight loss to shift your boxes, right? Like they're always going to be yours, no matter if somebody else has different ones and they lo are losing weight in their reverse. You're not them. You never will be, right? Um, that's the one of the biggest problems with social media is because as we've talked about with like engagement and the algorithm, it's like you're only coaches and we all do. We are only ever posting like the, look how great this person's results were. Like, look what they were able to do because that's, that's marketing, right? unfortunately people see that and then they do get think like oh well i haven't lost any weight during my reverse so i must have failed when it's now we have to have that conversation of again like you just said no you're eating twice the amount and you haven't gained any weight that's a success just as much as losing weight during it is right so it's repetition i think to truly be able to get people to buy into the consistency because without that you're always on that hamster wheel always I mean, people dig on repetition, but this might seem like a silly example. I've been trying to learn Spanish for like the past eight years. It's it's a thing. We're trying really hard. And really the only thing that has helped in the eight years I've done it outside of high school and college courses was a mixture of Duolingo and watching Narcos in Spanish because it was all repetition. It was the same exact thing. And we think that, you know, when it comes to muscles, we have to confuse our muscles. We have to jump around. It's no, like we thrive on repetition. We thrive on a system. It might be boring to do the same lesson 20 times over and over again, <laughs> but there's a difference between memorizing and understanding. And what we're doing as coaches is we're helping them truly understand and, you know, they might roll their eyes when I'm like, how much water are you drinking? Are you taking time to stretch? Yeah. They might roll their eyes. I'm like, well, okay. Are you doing it? If you're going to roll your eyes and not do it, then we, we got to work on something. But I think you touched upon it perfectly. It's, oh, sorry. It's such what a fallacy say? with the, those, those, like those little things, right? Like the basics that everybody wants to sleep. A coach tells them this is what you need to focus on. And they're like, no, I'm too advanced for that. Or no, that's too simple. That hasn't worked for me. And it's like, well, it hasn't because you don't think that they're important and you skip them and never do them. Maybe if you did just get more sleep every night, drink more water every single day, consistently, you would see that they true. That is truly the magic, right? There isn't some like, oh, you're at this level of advancement. You need to do this now. Everybody who's at the top is sleeping every night drinking all of their water, getting their protein. And like the basics are the basics for every person. When you're advanced, you're still repeating the same thing over and over again. When you are fluent in Spanish, you're still going to watch Narcos in Spanish, right? Like the basics are the basics for everybody always. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the thing is we, we, th so I'm going to backtrack. So one thing, joke one joke that we have is I have ADHD. So sometimes my brain's like everywhere, but it's legitimately <laughs> diagnosed. It's, he actually has ADHD. Great. So I don't want to speak too fast, but um, a problem I saw it in the beginning that I'm just going to go uh, use myself as an example is that when I became a coach, I thought I had to change people's workouts all the time. Uh, and I'd be like, Oh, well they did this workout like already three times. And I would change it. Not because the client got bored out of it, but because me as a trainer got bored out of it. 
And that was beginning introduction of being a trainer. Like, you know, I was young. I like, I became a trainer because I worked out a ton, got super fit, and I just wanted to continue to get fitter. And my purpose of getting fit was just so I can be more attractive to girls and go on more dates and all like that. There's nothing of sustainable in my mindset at that point. And, you know, as my coaching has changed and it's developed into where I, the way I coach now, it's the first thing even when I meet a new trainer, I tell them like, you're going to get bored on the, of the workouts faster than the, than, than the client will. So don't change it, keep them on it. And if they're not progressing on the workout, they're probably not pushing themselves hard enough. So like have that conversation, but you don't always have to be changing the program all the single time, all, all the time. Now, um, kind of a little bit of, of, of backtracking with it. I've learned that the clients that get bored with it faster than the, than the trainer are the ones that just want the quick results. They're not in it for sustainability. They're in it because it was an instantaneous kind of decision. Maybe it was a New Year's resolution. Maybe someone said something to them, like you should really look at a trainer and they're kind of just listened, but they didn't do it for themselves. And they get fat, they get bored quicker. And it's because of that, where the mindset's at. I think also, and you touched on it. Oh, sorry. Go on. Those people also probably usually have a past experience where they've been, maybe not with a personal trainer or a coach, but like they've had a program that they found or they saw and they did. And it was like, like every week it changes or they've got like all of these circuits and it's like much more engaging in that way. And if that's their initial experience, they're going to come into working with a good coach who gives them a, hey, this is a block of training that we're doing for the next four or five or six weeks straight. They're going to immediately be like, well, that's not the same as what I did before. So I don't even know if it's always boredom. It's really a belief that not changing things equals less effective, right? And you touched on it in like one of your recent posts about understanding your effort of, you know, you have the RPE scale, we'll just say a scale of one to 10. And most people will kind of stop at the, my muscles kind of hurt a little bit. I'm I'm going to just stop right here when they have like three, four or five reps left in them, or they'll do these workouts, which you said earlier, any movement is great movement. But if there's a weight that you can bicep curl, is it really the best weight to do an RDL with? Like where they're just kind of moving to move right. and there isn't a ton of intention behind it. And I think that's really hard of there's been some clients I've had where they think, okay, a workout is only good if I'm sweaty. But then if I push them too hard, then they don't want to work out at all. And finding that like sweet spot of, okay, how do I educate you on working out shouldn't be painful, but also like, let's put in your like full heart, full booty. But you got to push. And that's, that's a hard yeah, I balance. miss, I miss training people in person for this fact, because that's a really hard thing to do, especially with beginners. It's a really hard thing to be connected on and on the same page with just like a program that you're giving somebody to do on their own and there's a i'll never forget the client i was training once in in the gym and this example i use all the time in terms of like figuring out are you actually pushing hard enough is i told him what we're going to be doing like dumbbell bench press or we're going to do 10 to 12 reps was kind of what we were aiming for and i asked him what how much weight do you think you should use and he said like the 50s or something like that but told him to go get them and go until he couldn't push anymore 
and he did like 25 reps or something. And it was like, yeah, most people would probably choose a weight similar to that and do 10 to 12 reps because that's what the program tells them to do. Just because you did those 10 to 12 reps doesn't mean it was actually effective for any type of actual stimulus, right? So without being there in person to guide somebody, and I find this difficult because working with gen pop people, there's a lot of folks out there who have never been an athlete. They never you know, played on a sports team. And, and as a young, younger person, never really learned how to like push themselves physically. So truly their perception of like an RPE 10 is a five, right? Where it's like, if you actually kept going, you could do a lot more, but that sensation is so new that it's like, no, I worked hard. But did you? You know, and that that's tough to do when you're not in person with somebody. And not everyone will take that very well. If you tell them like, are you actually pushing hard? I right. jokingly said that once when I was coaching cycle of, are you being a half ass right now? Or are you being badass? And some people took it really well. Someone else said I sounded really entitled. I was like, okay, I'm not the <laughs> right coach for you. And that's okay. Maybe I'll watch who I say that message to but you even said yourself, you can't be shocked by the results of your own actions. Oh, oh, I got chills from that one. Don't mind me just yeah, quoting or, you. <laughs> yeah, or the, the like the uh, inverse of that is you don't expect results from your inaction, right? Like, like if you are not doing the things, don't expect to see changes as if you were doing the things, right? I think that that comes from social media a lot as well, too, because that comparison game that we keep talking about, some people truly are doing all of the things. They're putting in all the effort and their life is structured in a way in which they can't, right? They don't have kids. They are 18 or whatever, like they're young. They've got the hormones are in their perfect places and they've got all the time in the world. They can go to the gym seven days a week. Look at all the things that they're doing. Everyone else is here and assuming or expecting rather the same results. And it's like, we do have to be realistic to say like you, you just can't and thus are not doing all the things that they're doing. So you can't compare your results to theirs because they're never going to be the same, right? We, we do have to be realistic. That's, that's one of the things of a good coach too, is how do you say that in a way without just telling somebody like, again, you can't, because the whole message is you can, <laughs> it just might take a little bit longer. We're on different timelines. You are not them, right? Right. Always. What can you do with what you have? Or the other difficult one is, you know, they come, I, I I hate this one, but they come really excited and I ask them about their past and I'm like, I know you're super stoked for this, but like, this is too, this bar is way too high right now. Like based on everything that you've done in your life in the past, like I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to like be a Debbie Downer and just be like, you're not going to achieve this, but you just can't make this change overnight. There's some people that, that have that, that potential or, or they just do. And it's just like an awesome, but like, we need to change your, we need to change that goal. And, and then we'll, let's achieve the first one and then we'll see how we do. And then if you're willing to then make some other changes or put in the, 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 the additional effort, and then now you're going to really start to know like what it actually takes to get to what you want to achieve. And we're not, we do. And when I do this, it's not just weight loss. It's just pretty much overall someone saying, Oh, I just need to be more active and I want to work out seven days a week or six days a week or something like that you know, the last like two years, what's the most that you've worked out a week? Oh, I haven't worked out a lot <laughs> two years, you know? And yeah, you know, maybe let's for, start with two or three days. Or even for deadlifts, when I'll coach someone and I'm, and you know, we're starting to do some more powerlifting and they're like, Oh man, I just can't wait till I, you know, hit a five, 500 pound deadlift. Okay, cool. Like 
so like you tell me you don't tell me about your your training experience sports all that i didn't really play a lot of sports i'm not i don't really know how to lift weights you know okay well we're not gonna touch the bar for a while we're gonna start with kettlebells and dumbbells and it's you know, it's, it can feel kind of discouraging, but, you know, I'm going to do them a disservice if I immediately, oh, yeah, yeah, let's get you to 500 pounds. We'll just start out 135. And, you know, like just a few months down the line, they just have terrible back pain. I'm just doing a disservice. And it's, we got to get people back to what reality is. And um, not, not everybody responds I, well. Not everybody responds to it well. And I think it's a tough. Yeah. It's a tough conversation. I will, I will stand on the hill that the thing that determines whether you are a good or effective coach or not is going to be that initial conversation with your client setting those expectations because like you said a lot of people's i want this in three months is let's talk about getting you there in three years instead right and if you don't kind of realign that framework and that timeline from one when that three month time marker comes they're going to be upset they're going to be frustrated and they're going to feel like it's probably their fault even though it might have been ours for not outlining that a little bit more clearly to say like this is where you are yes we can work towards that but it's, it's going to take a lot longer than you think that it is like that's as I said some people sits really well with some people don't want to hear it but if you, you can have that conversation successfully you're going to be all right because that's the hardest part i, I truly think that it is i think I don't know if you've noticed this with kind of the rise of body neutrality, body positivity was a conversation in itself. I've noticed a lot of people are almost embarrassed to admit if they have an aesthetic goal that it's, it's in them and it's, it really is a big priority in their brain, but they don't want to say out loud that they want to lose weight. They don't want to say out loud that they want to be a certain size. And it's interesting that there's almost a shame aspect of it. But as your coach, if I don't know that that's one of your goals and I just see, heck yeah, you can touch your toes. Now this is great, but you're sad. You haven't lost 20 pounds. It's really hard if they're not telling me the full story of what is it that really is motivating you? Because I, you don't need to be ashamed if you want to have a certain aesthetic. Let me know if it's if it's realistic. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to look like a physique competitor at 6% every single day. Women should not be 6% body fat. But if I at least know that that's where your heart is, then it's going to help me know how to coach you better. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And I think I have, my background as a physique competitor allows me to very easily say like, I fully support it. You know, if you want to look a certain way, great. As long as we are not harming you in any way or doing things that are actually going to be detrimental to your health. Great. Let's have that on the list of what we're working towards. So I think I have an advantage in that way because a lot of my goals in the past have very much been vanity outward, uh, you know, aesthetics. And so I can say, there's nothing wrong with that. And I mean, and I, and I fully still believe that to this day, there really is. If you want to work out and to look, work out and diet to look a certain way, fantastic. As long as it's actually you that wants to look that way, not because you feel like you need to, or somebody told you that you should, or the social media things that you're seeing is kind of like dictating that choice for you. If it's yours, it's great. If it's not, one, you're never going to get there anyway. And if you do, you won't stay there because it's, you don't actually care about it. You just think that you do. It's well, hard when you see people do a goal that's not entirely for them. 
Like at the end of the day, it has to be from a place of, I want this for me. Like you said, I deserve this for me. I love me. Therefore I'm going to work on it. But if you're only doing it for other people's praise, that's where it does get much harder. Well, one thing like with you, so you've kept your aesthetic really well and you show that it's sustainable for your life, for what you do. And, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll let people know and we'll, you know, we're starting to train them like, you know, you need to start out, be consistent three times a week. And the picture in their mind is with me. So I ne- I didn't keep my aesthetics at like my best, but I kept my strength. And I, that's that's for me, my strength is my priority. How can I continue my strength and elevate it? Sometimes I'll let someone know, like, you know, right now, like the goal is to get you to work out three times a week. That's it. Just three. Just make that a goal. And they think they're going to obtain because I told them three times a week. They think that three times a week they're going to be able to obtain the strength that I have. And it's 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 not that I'm saying, hey, in order for you to have my strength, all you got to do is three times a week. So, for example, for you, it's like to have your aesthetic, you have to be consistent just twice a week. Change your life. Like, no, you got to it. And you've maintained it and there's certain things that you got to do. I've gotten to my strength and there's certain things I got to do to maintain it. But it's, it's how do we let them know like the three times a week, it's not that we're trying to undersell you. It's the, that's the start. That's the, that, that's the sign that you can get and elevate to where you're going to go. If, if you can just do this minimum. Right. And that just comes back to the consistency aspect, right? Like you, yeah, you might get better results if you train five times per week. Sure. But if you set the goal to train five times per week, and then because you cannot do that, you then actually only ever train once per week or two times every two weeks, you're actually worse off than if you would have just set the goal for three at the beginning and actually do three every single week. Right. Um, so yeah, it's realistic there. And I do try, I don't talk about this enough. I probably Maybe this is a, a new post to co- or a post to come up in the near future is talking about the people that you see that are, you know, that look like me or look like whatever they do, or they have it so easy. If like, if I wanted to you know get even leaner, I could do so starting tomorrow. Right. Mm. It's because of the last 10 years of my life that I have spent consistently going to the gym three to five days per week. Most of that time, not trying to restrict my food. Most of my time being, a little bit heavier even, right? Like that has set me up to the point where now a decade of that, a decade, 10 years of that. Yeah, sure. Now I'm at that place where I can quote unquote easily sustain where I'm at, but it, you got to go through the the trenches first to truly get to that. Like same thing with building a business, you know, or retiring with a certain amount of money. Like you don't just get there and then like retire and chill. Like, no, you have to work your ass off to get to that point. And then you retire, then you chill, right? It's the same thing with your fitness. It's like, you got to put in the work first. There's no way around. Do you still get those comments of, oh, it must be really easy for him. He just has it easy. It's genetics. Not as much anymore because I feel like I don't post as much of like my, like my body, myself, you know, shirtless and the speedos anymore. But um, if I were to, I know that I would for sure. Like that would be very very much like oh must be nice or oh like and they don't think about my 20 year 20 to year 31 you know like been a decade of doing these things yeah well uh we definitely want to want to make sure we respect your time so uh as we wrap a few little things up i want to be able to get from you is like let's just share what are the goods that people can continue to do both in let's let's do a part on like fitness and movement like 
the things where someone might see and they don't see it as a win, but we can let them know, like, no, that's a win. Like that, that means more than if you would have stuck for three months every day, nonstop on the movement side. And then let's, and then let's go in the nutrition side really quickly. You, you already like laid it out there. Perfect for me for that movement one. I, and I see this with my clients all the time where one of the biggest wins I see my people experience is shifting that mindset from I view rest or time off of gym, the gym or off of working out as like failure versus as that is actually productive for you. So you can keep training hard so you can keep progressing. And without it, your body will force you to take that rest, whether it be getting injured, whether it be getting sick or what have you. If you are able to actually quote unquote, listen to your body and say, today's not my day and know that the decision to take a rest day is a good one and not you failing. I think that that might be one of the determining factors of if you're going to actually continue doing this stuff for five, 10 years down the road. Cause if you always do it, it's just like, I need to do it all. Eventually you're going to eat your body will stop you or your, your mind will, you'll just give up. So that's for the movement rest, rest is productive. I would say. And nutritionally Everyone, he said rest is productive. That is your sign. Stop overtraining and to get some dog on sleep. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. The goal. I mean, that's another one to sleep. If I don't undervalued so much, if you can get seven plus hours every single night, I don't know if that's something that you have your clients track or whatnot, but the amount of people that I see checking in with four hours, five hours, three and a half hours. And I'm like, how do you expect your body to be doing all of these amazing things when it is when you're sleeping four hours a night, you know what I mean? Like, so that's a big one too. Um, but nutritionally, I think again, from the clientele that I work with, it's going to be consistency with not even just meal prep, not even with like protein. It's going to be, are you eating the same amount of meals every single day consistently? Because it does get harder to do so as you get busier with work, as you have kids, as you know, these things happen. I see it so often where, it's dipping down to one or two meals per day. And that just has a downstream effect on your choices, your hunger, your energy, all of it. So if that's something that you can get into that good enough consistency range, am I at least getting in three square meals a day? You're checking off a lot of the main boxes there. It's just a good reminder that honestly, when it comes to your health, less really is more. You don't have to go out and buy all these supplements. You don't have to do a two hour long workout with 20 different movements, juggling kettlebells, like really it's do what you can with what you have, be efficient with your time, but don't hate yourself in the process, which that last one is probably really hard for some people. Well, and then like, be uh, okay with good enough. Exactly. And a little bit, even back to like the bit of nutrition is I had a client uh, showing me the, the rice that she ate and, there was a little bit of embarrassment because it was microwave rice and they like, she knows how we train and like how we're, we don't push organic or the highest, like you don't have to go out and spend, you know, $20 in a good quality rice. We don't want you to go like, bankrupt. For and it's, it's, it was like, no, you know what? Like, this is awesome because you're actually now eating rice versus, you know, maybe having a bad connotation towards rice or the opposite where it's a, like, you you tracked it. I don't I don't care if it's microwave one minute or if it had GMOs. Like that's the least of my worries. My what I what I loved is that you tracked it. 
and that you're open to eating it. Right, and then you hate it. That's yeah. a win in many cases. Almost say almost all of them. I'm Japanese. I would really love if people would stop demonizing rice. Rice is not evil. Rice is not evil. Or non. Oh, non- I'll, I'll throw it out. There. I eat rice twice a day, every day. Two yeah. full servings, like I'll, actually a lot of rice every day. <laughs> or non-organic food. There's nothing wrong with if if you cannot, if your budget doesn't allow you to buy. Uh, organic or Trader Joe's or whatever, like that's not a bad thing. Like you just want to know that okay, well maybe something didn't have the highest quality. What can what else can you do to uh, add to it? Add to it. Uh, make that quality a little better. It it doesn't have to be an all 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 or ma- nothing. All or nothing. All my groceries, everything has to be top quality. We just noticed there were some people that they would push this very, very very hard lifestyle that not all their clients could have, you know, afford. And as trainers, like our services, we price ourselves accordingly because we do provide a lot, but it is a really big investment and seeing clients where they're out of, you know, they might be putting a big chunk of change towards us. If the choice is between you're not going to eat any eggs at all because they can't be cage free organic or you're going to get the eggs you can afford. Like I want you to do what you can and then we'll pivot from there. We'll build up from there. But anything we can do to make fitness and health more obtainable is going to be huge. Like you don't need to be perfect. You just let's find ways to help you progress that growth mindset. Yep. Obtainable, accessible, and enjoyable. If you can do that as a coach, your people are going to be bought in and whether or not they see the progress that they wanted from day one, they're going to make some. And that's what, that's what really matters. And I'm throwing it out there. Spices don't have calories. You guys, you can spice your food. Spices are okay. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, there's that, that whole, if you're going to compete, the spices play like, yeah, that can affect because of if they're sodium based spices, but if you're not going to compete, no matter, you know, Right. Have some salt. Make sure you're drinking water. Yeah. And it'll be okay. It's well, not the, that I feel like we could keep going because I was going to say like there's the mindset of like some people like, oh, I, it's too much salt. So they take full salt away from their diet. And then they're wondering why they're draggy, why it hurts to kind of lift their arms all the time. They're wondering why they're stiff. They're wondering why like they're foggy. Uh, they're just wondering why. It's like you went from like this huge salt intake you then saying i'm gonna take away salts away and now you like have nothing like you need those salts you know well there's a reason why stuff like that is medically supervised where you're actually like getting labs done to see where you're at so some people are silly Same concept applies everywhere though right you don't want to go zero to a hundred ever really right one extreme to the other is not going to serve you positively it's always a gradual stepwise approach even if you are trying to get to that other extreme it's like take some time to get there, right? Don't try and do it overnight. So tell me, what is a project maybe, or what are you doing right now? You're mainly doing online training, correct? Yeah, that's what I do full-time currently is just one-on-one training. And are you currently taking on any clients or anything? For now, uh, we'll see what happens in the next month or so, whenever I might not be sleeping as much, (laughs) got to be changing a lot of diapers, so... (laughs) We'll see how that changes. But yeah, definitely right now I am. Is your online training mostly in the nutrition base or is this has a combo of exercise as well? 
Yeah, so I do both and or, right? So I can, I, we offer nutrition only, training only, and uh, combination, which I would say the majority is going to be combo or nutrition only. So I very rarely, which is part of why I miss training people in the gym, is I rarely do like training only at this point. It's more of a either nutrition only or or both. And then this question is more like for me because I have so much respect on how the hell do you get your clients to do such good check-ins? Because you'll post a check-in and and that you know they get that they submitted through the forms and they're so detailed. Like your client will go and write a paragraph. And we're here sometimes just like just choking them. Give me a check-in and a response that you got our text message. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember what I said earlier where coaches people on social media are only going to post the best and the most like the things that are you're going to respond to like that right so i very much do also have difficulty with some people in that same way where like i can ask all of the open-ended questions i can ask for more feedback and say let me know a little bit about this and then not get anything right um so i think the software that we use uh fit coach pro for our check-ins helps with the, just the way that things are set up because we have a daily check-in aspect as well as a weekly aspect. Um, but it's it's really going to be, I think, asking the right questions and not just like in the check-in form, but also like in response to each check-in. If I like am giving feedback or whatever, it's usually not just, okay, well, I want you to think about this or let me know these things so that next week they have something to oh based off what you said last week i did this right and i think that that's the nice cycle we're asking questions uh based off of what they are are giving you usually again not always you, you can't you can't do it for people um, but that usually tends to lead to better and more lengthy you know responses and how critical would you say those check-ins are for someone to experience experience that the change that they're looking for crucial i mean you the blueprint of, of a program or like calories and macros is just the starting point i tell everybody on the initial call like that's even from a, a programming standpoint as a coach like when i onboard somebody setting macros giving them a training program like that's that takes two seconds that's the easy stuff it's really what you do in between to figure out what's going well what's not and what do we adjust accordingly that actually matters so if you don't have that feedback you know both ways it's kind of like i don't know if it's working or not maybe i guessed really well maybe these are the perfect macros for you maybe this is the perfect training program but like if i don't even know if it's going well or you're struggling what what can we do right so yeah it's what matters the most yeah i just want people to hear that whether checking in checking in gets you better better results anybody it's like do you check in with your coach like if your coach is reaching out to check in like message back and be that's open what, because yeah. that's that's that's, 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 the coaching. That, that's the big part of coaching so no thank you man appreciate it seriously of course thank you so much for being here today and just you know your overall message you are the same exact human talking to you you know face to face here as you are online so it's really well, awesome thank to you i appreciate that. that's so authentic and i'm excited to see what you keep doing on your page i'm going to keep referring my clients to your page because it you have such a great message. So thank you for everything you have done for taking this time. Are there any last words that you want to throw out there before we let you go? Um, I know. Well, thank you for, for having me. This was a, a fantastic conversation. And I hope that people do take something away from this, you know, whether it be 
you got to work hard to get to a place that you can then chill or whether it be you deserve to get that to that place you're able you're you know will you're uh work getting to that place or what we talked about at the very beginning where it's like if you get there celebrate it be proud of it right don't care what anybody else thinks or says like you celebrating your accomplishments is not bringing anybody else down or negating theirs so hopefully that message got across and i i will continue to try and spread it as best as i can as well as well as instagram will let me <laughs> True. well thank you so much and that's another episode of the strength beyond fitness podcast cheers stay golden